Hello and welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. Today, we're joined by Dr. Patrick Bishop. Dr. Bishop is Professor of Marketing and Public Relations at Ferris and was selected as the Distinguished Teacher last year. Patrick, it's good to have you here today. Ah, great to be with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your, what's your background? How'd you come to Ferris? Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know if you remember that. Do, do you happen to remember the very first time we ever met? Well, prompt me and let's see how I do here. <laughs> well, it was probably about 2003, 2004, right around there. And I was the uh, communications officer for the Free Mine Area Community Foundation. I do remember that. Do you remember that? Remind me, that was, that was like 18, 19 years ago. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. And, and you came in to tour our facilities. And our president and CEO at the time, uh, Libby Sharon, was giving you the tour and uh and introduce me to you and i and i wanted to pull you aside at that time and go hey hey i'm i'm trying to become a professor at some point <laughs> but but of course i never did um but but that's where i ended up so i started in 2006 at ferris teaching marketing and public relations and i've been here for wow i can't believe i'm halfway through my 16th year already it's gone by so so fast Wow, and congratula congratulations on your success i i had forgotten that piece with the freemount Foundation. What other professional experience did you have when you came to Ferris? Yeah, well, I started out my career in Muskegon, Michigan, with a Quality Farm and Fleet's corporate office. And if you remember them, they were uh, the number three, the large, the third largest farm store chain in the nation, uh, based out of Muskegon. But we were in about six or seven different states, and I was brought in, starting as a graphic designer and a writer. And so I would do the little the sales tabs that used to go in all the newspapers and and things like that. And I would do the radio ads. Um, but then quality was really great in trying to promote leadership and growth. And so I had a great career there. I spent nine years there. I was an assistant manager, ironically, at the uh, Big Rapids store for a while. Really? Yeah, isn't that isn't that bizarre? Uh, all, all paths kind of lead back to the same place here for me. And um, then I went into uh, marketing. I was a marketing manager. I did all of their promotional events, all of their uh, grand openings, all of their FFA, all of their 4-H, things like that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then I switched over from marketing and I went into purchasing and I was in buying for five years where I bought the categories of workwear and footwear and grocery items. Um, and it was just a great experience. And at the end of my uh, little tenure there, I had picked up a glove vendor that um, our gloves were struggling. Our sales of gloves were struggling. And so this glove vendor came in and did a bang up job, did an awesome job. And uh, he came to me and said, look, I, I need a vice president of sales and marketing. Are you interested? So I said, yeah. So I joined this uh, sales or this glove company, which was based out of Cincinnati, but we had all of our manufacturing plants in Pakistan. And the owner of the company was uh, a Pakistan. And he brought me in as vice president of sales and marketing. And I had a connection with a Dickies, Dickies workwear. And so we got the Dickies license for our gloves. And so all of a sudden we were selling Dickies gloves and we had access to the uh, sales organization through Dickies. And, and uh, I did that for a couple of years. Um, so I was all over the country and traveling and I opened up the Meyer account uh, and uh, sold them gloves. 
but I was gone all the time. And I had a daughter at home, a little girl at home and uh, hated being away from her. And I said, I can't keep doing this. So I went back to school, started my master's degree, went to the foundation at that point, spent five years there while I finished up my master's and then started my doctorate. And then I actually did um, adjunct teaching over at uh, Grand Valley and Baker College uh, before landing the job at Ferris. So there's kind of the, the long and short of, of it right there. <laughs> I'm appreciative you share that because I think it's something that is a is a really powerful characteristic of, of our faculty at Ferris. That many people have this professional experience where they haven't just learned about the things they're going to teach. They've actually lived that as, as, as you have. So I, I understand the desire to, to stay close to home. What was the pull that brought you into teaching, especially at the university level? You know, back when I was at Michigan State, I had a professor that said to me, you'd be a great professor. And I kind of blew it off. Not, no, I'm going to go into the real world and, uh, you know, uh, climb the corporate ladder. And the more and more I thought about it, um, it's just kind of in my nature. And whenever I would visit a college campus, maybe you still get this feeling. I still get this feeling all the time where I come on campus and I describe it as it feels like there's energy just coming up through the ground where I just get excited and, and there's learning going on and there's young minds and there's creativity and there's possibilities and opportunities. And I'm, I get fired up just thinking about it. Well, I couldn't agree more. And we're certainly delighted that you made the choice to become a university professor. Had to be a, a pretty big commitment on your part to go back to school and get your master's degree. Then you get your doctor working full time, having a family. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So the uh, the masters took about two years, a little over two years. The doctor took about five years um, for a good portion of my daughter's life as she was growing up. She knew me as somebody who was going to school, you know, part time, and um, also picking up a, a, an adjunct position here and there so I could get experience because I knew what I wanted to do. But you know what, that's part of the process. And part of it is um, when you know what you really want to do, you want it to start as soon as you possibly can. And so you just kind of make it happen. Well, we were fortunate that you that you came to Ferris. Talk a little bit about your your career at Ferris. You, you began and you know, you were you're an entry person. I'm, I'm assuming you started as an assistant professor. Yeah, yeah, yes. Assistant associate and full prep full professor now. Um, you know, started off doing a little bit of marketing, a little bit of public relations, and uh, the person who was running the public relations program, within about five or six years of me being here, he ended up retiring, and I took over the public relations program and started working with um, the Public Relations Student Society of America, which is our student organization. And I tell you what, this is, I call it, it's a vocation, right? I mean, it's, it is a career, but it's really a vocation. It's something that you do because your heart's in it, um, I describe it as you're with, you're with these people in some of the most important times of their life, when they're making these major decisions, when all of their emotions are, are, are raging in one way or another, they're learning all these new skills, they're meeting people that are probably going to be their friends for the rest of their lives, they're having these experiences that they'll talk about for the rest of, of their lives, and I feel so fortunate to be brought into that discussion that I'm able to have some influence over them and they have influence over me too, right? Where we work this relationship and by the time they leave and you see the growth where they go from at a lower level to this really high, excellent level and they're performing, 
uh, there's just no better feeling. It's wonderful. I agree. And I think the opportunity to shape lives, to provide this foundation for people for their future, there's something that's incredibly fulfilling about that. There is, yes. And many of the people are young people. And I think the, their, their excitement, their enthusiasm for what they are, they helps keep, it helps keep you young. It does. It does. And, you know, one of the things that I found through this and there are there are uh, peaks and valleys. Right. And I've had several peaks, but I've had a couple of valleys. And one of the things that I found through those difficult times was where is the love of the job? Right. And I remember one time I had been teaching this class and I came in a little bit early and I stayed a little bit late for those who wanted some help. And I had this young lady who kept coming in. And at the time, I think I was teaching how to design a poster. And she came in one day and she showed me her poster. And I'm like, still needs work. She came in the next day, showed me her poster, still needs some work. We did this about two or three times, three or four times, but she listened. She took the feedback, she came back. And then about the fourth or fifth time she showed it to me and I'm like, that's it, you got it. And you could just see she was so happy. I mean, she was almost in tears. And I remember leaving that class I walked up the stairs in the College of Business and I was crying. I was literally crying and I was texting my wife and I, and I remember texting her, the love of the job is in the engagement with the students. And, wow. and that's where it's at. What a fabulous story. That's, that's wonderful. Now, you were selected as the distinguished teacher at Ferris State University last year. That's one of the highest honors that we have for a faculty member. Do you want to talk a bit about that process and, and you, your reaction to being chosen? Yeah, tr truly uh, the pinnacle of my career. I mean, it's, it's a, a huge honor um, to be recognized in a manner like that in, in a position that I call a vocation where you're connecting with people's hearts and souls. Um, it was always an aspiration of mine. It was always something that, that uh, I, would, I hoped for, uh, but never really fully expected. And uh, when I was nominated by my good friend, um, Thomas Hanley, who is also a professor here, and he taught our capstone course, uh, was very grateful for that. And then I was really surprised by the rigor of the process that we go through in terms of putting in your application, uh, submitting documents, um, having the committee come in and take a look at your teaching. What, at the time it was by video because we were all online during, during the pandemic. And then also an interview process that you go through. So I was really surprised at the rigor and, and pleasantly surprised by that too. But it's tr truly an honor. And you and I both know that one of the one of the things that we asked the distinguished professor to do is to offer a commencement address at our fall commencement ceremonies, which you did three times in December. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that experience. Oh boy, that that was uh, again one of the best memories that I've had in my time at Ferris. What a wonderful day! Um, and I got to tell you, one of my favorite quotes from that entire day came from you. We were we were done with the very first commencement. Um, during my speech, one of the things that I was able to do was talk about our uh, national championship, our D two national championship game that was going on that night. And I started off my speech by uh, asking the crowd to respond to who let the dogs out and everybody barked back. And we were on the bus ride back uh, after commencement. 
And I heard you say that was the first time that anybody's been able to get me to bark on stage before. <laughs> and I just love that quote. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> well, you did a marvelous job. And it's it's an exciting and daunting prospect because there's so much you want to share. And being able to condense it into something that holds everyone's attention, you did so beautifully well. And one of the things that I especially enjoyed is you told a story about your dog and animals are a big part of what, of, of your teaching and your writing, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. My dog has really become my best friend in my, in my shadow. In fact, he's at my feet right now as, as we're talking and uh, you know, he's with me all the time. And some of the things that I learned from him um, about just being patient, about being kind and about being in the moment, um, and it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing just to kind of watch and observe and realize that they're, they're always here. They're always now, they're always present and they're, they're ready to give you the best of them at, at any time. When, as I recall, the story involved the dog jumping over your cat, if, 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 if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The gist of the story was uh, the dog had never really been trained to go upstairs. We're the second owners and the first owners never trained him. And I had gone upstairs and because he's my shadow, he likes to follow me. So he nervously came up the stairs and he, and he sees the cat that's laying all the way across one of the steps and he doesn't know what to do. And after a couple of times of going up and down, he finally comes up the third time and he makes a very nervous dart and dash over the cat. And when he does it, he steps on the cat's tail and the cat screeches and runs downstairs and he ends up doing a full eagle spread about three or four steps from the top of the staircase. And, and he was just like, didn't know what happened and uh, kind of came up to me and was looking at me like, wow, that, <laughs> that was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was a great story. And it also, you've written about this, your book, Wisdom of the Animals. Can, can, yes. you, can you talk a bit about how you came to write that? It's, it's about leadership, as I recall. Yeah, it is. So, uh, boy, at this point, it's about 15, 16 years ago, I was working on my doctorate and I was also going through some uh, personal struggles. And um, one of my uh, Dear teachers, uh, Father Richard Rohr, who's out the, at the Center for Action and Contemplation, he had shared this poem by uh, Rilke, which basically talks about how the animals are always here and always present and what we can learn from the things. And as I was going through my doctorate and finishing it up, which is in leadership, I started thinking, boy, the things do have so much to teach us. The animals have so much to teach us. It would be interesting to take... Um, these leadership principles and apply them to animals. And as it happened, one of my students asked me to be a keynote speaker for the introduction of a brand new uh, fraternity at Ferris. And so I was like the inaugural keynote speaker. And so I took five animals and I created the speech and shared uh, leadership traits based upon these different animals. For example, uh, the cheetah. Uh, the cheetah, we all know the cheetah is fast, but most of us don't know that the cheetah's head is on its shoulders kind of like an image stabilizer on a camera so when it's running after a gazelle at 80 miles an hour it's able to keep its focus real clear and real straight so that i i use that as an example of focus and the speech went really well and um people seemed to like it and so i just kept working on it over years and then um, in 2018 i thought i want to do this as a book and so it went from a speech that i'd given at ferris into a book 
and uh, I was able to introduce the book in the fall of 2020. Well, I'm appreciative of the copy of your book that you gave me, and I very much enjoyed reading it. Now, you're Thank working you. on another book now, aren't you? I am. I just finished a poetry book in the fall of 2021. It's called Whispers of the Ineffable. And um, it kind of chronicles my, my, difficult, my difficult time that I went through um, in 2005-2006, where one of the things I started doing to kind of recenter myself is to write some poetry. And um, so I took the poems from about six years and I, I put them into a little book. Um, and basically put it into three different sections, which it starts out as kind of uh, the, the ordinary and the mundane. And then I go through a little bit of the pain and the suffering. And then the, at the end, it kind of comes full circle to show us that the ordinary is the, the awe, the brilliance, the, uh, the, the creativity, the, um, the great love that we're all hoping for. So that's kind of the, uh, how that book goes. And then the one that I'm working on right now, there's actually a couple that I'm working on. Um, I'm taking a look at reputation and reputation management and uh, how that um, plays out in a person's life and how we go through these different growth strategies and growth steps. One of the things I'm really passionate about is how does the ego work and how do we work through this egoic operating system so that we kind of get to the other side of this where we're, we're able to release some of these compulsive habits that we have that we may be triggered through our, uh, our ego. Sounds fascinating. You have you have eclectic interests, I think. Uh, I do. Uh, but <laughs> and and in this process, you've helped build the public relations program to where it's a, a very strong program at Ferris and where our graduates are doing extraordinarily well. Can you talk just a bit about that? Yeah, again, I, I feel so fortunate to be a part of this. I, you know, I look out at this program and um, it's it's certified nationally. We're one of the only programs in the nation that is uh, nationally certified. Um, and we're, we're also uh, a small program. What I like to talk about is like, we're small but mighty, right? So my students, they get, I know every student by name. I, I know, you know where they're going. A lot of times I set them up uh, with internships or connections and contacts. And so uh, it's really nice to have that personal connection there. And they're all over the United States and all over the world doing public relations and also doing some marketing in different places here and there. Well, congratulations on your success. And Patrick, I think sharing a bit of your, your background about how a person prepares to be a faculty member, the aspiration to be a teacher, the love of teaching, the love of their profession, it's, it's easy for me to see, and I think it's easy for our listeners to hear, why, why you were selected as a distinguished teacher at Ferris State University. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's been uh, truly an honor to be here and to, to be able to do this vocation that I love so much and be with the students that uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity and the creativity and um, all of those wonderful virtues and timeless principles that comes along with it. Well, I think it'd be a real opportunity to be your student. Uh, I can see how you can really touch people's lives in the work that you do. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for the opportunity to be able to do that. Well, our guest today on Ferris Forward was Dr. Patrick Bishop, uh, a fascinating professor who with great success and great passion for the work that, that he does. Patrick, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity. It was my pleasure and honor. 
This has been Ferris Forward, and I'm your host, Dave Eisler. I hope you'll join us again for our next broadcast. Thanks so much. Let's go, let's go.